0: Welcome to the Newfoundland Beer Podcast. In this episode, I get out of the studio and into the brew house with a visit to Landwash Brewery in Mount Pearl. We're talking all about their milkshake IPA, Belly Shake. This beer is a collaboration between Landwash Brewery and the Newfoundland Beard and Mustache Club, created for the club's annual calendar fundraiser, featuring merman-clad folks. In Newfoundland, these "murbies," as they are known, are out in the community raising money for charity and promoting body positivity and great facial hair.
1: how they kind of, the lids kind of dance a little bit on top of the can? That's that foam, and that also helps with keeping the amount of oxygen down. So you want it to be a little dancing on the top
0: there. I'm in Landwatch Brewery this morning as they can their Milkshake IPA Belly Shake. Co-owners Chris and Christina and assistant brewer Alex break down how this collaboration came about and all the crazy flavors in this beer. Plus, glittery merman on the can labels? Heck yes. I asked co-owner Chris Conway to take me through how they ended up doing this collaboration and uh, some of the super cool things that came along with it, which was this awesome can design of glittery mermen swimming across the can label. I loved it, and it was so cool to be right in the brewery as they canned it and uh, watch the process happen.
2: I'm Chris Conway. I'm the general manager at Landwash Brewery. Uh, So it's a milkshake IPA. So we really, since we opened in December, we've really wanted to make a milkshake IPA. And we've been playing with different IPAs with lactose, but nothing really considered like a milkshake. And so when the Mervais approached us, um, we've known Hassan from the Mervais since we've opened, really. We met him a little while ago before we opened. And he was one of the first people to apply to work in our tap room. And he has been with us since day one. And so when this year they were looking for a collaboration to do the Murbys beer, they did one with Kitty Bitty last year, he reached out to us and um, we kind of said, yeah, this would be a perfect time to slot in that milkshake IPA we've been wanting to do. So we, uh, we worked together and made that. So it's, uh, the milkshake IPA we made is a key line milkshake IPA. So it's uh, only IPA because that's how these beers have kind of evolved over the years. It's not really an IPA like you'd expect. It's filled with lots of lactose, which is like this sweet milk sugar that really makes beers rich and sweet. It's got a ton of lime, and then uh, it's also got a little strawberry puree in there for a little body. So it's this big kind of like lime sorbet, coconut, tea lime pie type kind of crazy fun beer.
0: Next up, I asked head brewer, Christina, uh, to take me through some of the wild flavors in this beer, which was not anything that I'd ever encountered. There's a lot going on here. Um, And it was really awesome to have her break down really how they got those flavors into the beer and the different steps of adding it. And I think craft beer is really about being super creative with your beer. And uh, this beer is definitely a creative beer.
1: Hi, my name is Christina Cody and I'm the head brewer at Lime Wash Brewery. So we added the fruit um, after primary fermentation um, and we allowed the beer to condition on the fruit for a period of time. I've found in the past that when fruit ferments, you kind of get some flavors that you're not always expecting to get. So you want to get that primary fermentation. So right after the beer is brewed, you want to get that fermentation over and done with, and then you can add the fruit and allow it to condition. And there might be some light fermentation after you add the fruit, but nothing that's gonna fundamentally change the flavor. Um, And the reason why we went with lime, I was just going through the supplier list and I saw Key Lime and I thought, gosh, that'd be a fun flavor. And then I looked at the hops that we had in the walk-in and the hops that I had available and kind of started building out this idea of what kind of a beer I wanted to brew. And that's usually how a lot of all the beers are made here. We just kind of look at what we have and what's available to get easily and then just go from there.
0: Chris also shared when when would you want to have a milkshake IPA Uh, for me I think enjoying beer sometimes I think about do I want to be home on a snowy evening having a porter or maybe having a lager as I grill something in my backyard Uh, so this is not a flavor that I'd ever encountered before so I asked uh, Chris to picture when he would be drinking this beer
2: Yeah, definitely could be like more of a dessert beer. It's not like as food-friendly for pairing, so it would be more kind of dessert beer. It is kind of more like instead of a sorbet. Anytime you would think to have a sorbet or a gelato is probably when you'd have a milkshake IPA.
0: While the Belly Shake IPA from Landwash Brewery was only available for a very limited amount of time, I think it was a really cool collaboration that shows the spirit of community in the craft beer community here in Newfoundland just having fun, inviting people into the brew house, and uh, supporting different causes uh, right at home. In part two of this episode, I chat with Hassan High, founder of the Beard and Mustache Club and the first Murbi, about beer and getting involved in the community. Today I'm in the studio with Hassan High, the founder and president of the Newfoundland Beard and Mustache Club, and today we're talking about the club's annual Murbi's calendar and their collaboration beer with Landwash Brewery, a key lime milkshake IPA called Belly Shake. I'm super excited to have Hassan in the studio today because his community activism really captures the spirit of kindness and giving back. So we're going to talk about this awesome collaboration between Landwash and the Newfoundland Beard and Mustache Club, the amazing Murby's calendar, and what exactly is a Murby. Welcome to the show, Hassan.
3: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, so, I guess we should start with the most obvious question. What is a merbai? What is a merbai?
3: Uh, <laughs> it's funny you ask because today there was a misprint in the calendar uh, from last year where it's listed as August the 39th. And we've been promoting this this fiction that today is this mystical day of when merbais were created or conceived or something like that. It's uh, a combination of the two were, uh, of the, the merman. Uh, the, the you know the male equivalent of mermaid, and by of course is just the Newfoundland term like B apostrophe y and it came up as a joke as we launched the first calendar about two years ago. Uh, it was originally called just the Newfoundland Merman calendar it was really super original, and as our team was talking about it, uh, Claire, one of our team members just offhand said oh here 's some tales for the for the mer-bys. and it, she just paused as it came out, and the moment she said it i 'm like okay that 's the name, and the merbys were born. And it just kind of fit because I'm by even though it's technically not a gender-neutral term. It's been, I think, effectively been rendered very neutral over just a lot of use. And it just it became a good pairing. It's just this bearded uh, male-presenting person who... Um, is half merman as well and does all kinds of good things for others and expresses masculinity in a very healthy and positive way.
0: I love there's so many things I love about the Merbys uh, calendar and everything that it encapsulates but one of the things I love is that you connect with like Newfoundland identity through putting the bi in there and <laughs> I'm not from Newfoundland I've only lived here for about two years yeah. uh so learning how to use "buy" in conversation and kind of like what it means like it refers to a person but you use it in certain contexts, and it could be like your you, a by is your friend a buys is a random person that you don't know across the street like yeah. it's a very interesting term and i think uh like sometimes i don't even use it right i'm like it's just not, like, I feel like you really have to be in Newfoundland for a while before you really get what by means.
3: I moved here about 12 years ago, uh, originally, and for the first six years I lived in the Bay, I was in Marystown and Clarenville, and I never felt it was my word to use, it just felt unnatural, so I never I never even tried. It just was, like, an, another culture, I'm using air quotes now, another culture's word. Um, over time, though, as I really embraced Newfoundland and Labrador as being a home for me, and just various words and phrases just got my blood and my bones... Uh, At some point, like, two years ago, like, the word bi just kind of came out in conversation. I didn't really notice it. And then I'm like, oh, it's just, it's a thing I do now. And so I've I've embraced it since then.
0: And, like, a cool thing that you mentioned about the Murbites, too, is that you guys are kind of playing with ideas of masculinity um, and gender in kind of, like... Bit of sparkly, (laughs) cross-dressing-ish happening. (laughs)
3: Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, it's Uh, awesome. Well, we have a bit of fun with it. And so the whole, like, the idea was conceived of just, like, this this notion of um, showing men in in a different light and... uh, We've lived traditionally, and when I say we, not just in Newfoundland, Labrador, but, you know, across Canada, North America, the world, that masculinity, uh, is supposed to look and feel and act in a very specific and very narrow way. And that, that definition hasn't changed in many, many years. Uh, And any deviation from that uh, is seen as being unnatural, or you either are a man, and again using air quotes, or you're not, and you're some other thing. Uh, And what we're trying to do is, is show that masculinity is much broader than what we often allow ourselves to think uh, and it exists and we just we push like you know children are growing up acting how they want to act and feeling and being all expressive and emotive and showing affection and connecting with other you know boys or girls or you know as they but as they grow older and society kind of pigeonholes them it becomes this really unnatural um uh, stereotype and so you know without i didn't have that much thought into it when i created it but i just felt wrong and it also felt like hey we can have fun and just show that masculinity can be presented and expressed in in these fun and whimsical ways that are all healthy. And it doesn't mean you have to put on a tail, but you can, you can, men can show affection to other men, you know, you can form, you know, emotional bonds with other people, you can show emotion and express feelings, and it still be under this broad definition of what masculinity can look like, because it can be so many things.
0: Mm -hmm. And like, too, like the beer that you guys brewed with Landwash kind of connects to this as well, and like really something that I've... Uh, seen a lot lately too is this idea of body positivity and like um, yeah just like being accepting of the body that you're in and uh, the beard name belly shake is super cool and like really embraces the spirit of that.
3: It's yeah. so fun because the the artwork on the the can and it's just you have to see it to really um, appreciate it. It's all sparkly, it's sparkly. All, <laughs> it's sparkly. <laughs> but there was uh, an artist, uh, Kelly Basto, who uh, goes by uh, at Moose Kleenex online. She would actually reached out to me about a year ago. I'd never never heard of her and had no connection. And she had just done this illustration on her own, which is essentially all those mer mermen. But um, it was inspired by the merb eyes, and it was all these voluptuous fellows of different shapes and sizes with tails, kind of just like frolicking around, like swimming. And doing their thing. And she just reached out to me and we said, This was inspired by your calendar. And, like, you know, hey, is it okay for me to use the name? I said, Absolutely. And so, fast forward several months. And, you know, as we were building to this calendar, I reached out to her and said, Hey, Here's an opportunity. Can we incorporate, you know, your illustration, your amazing art? So the shirt I'm wearing is is inspired by Kelly's art. It's it's her design. The can certainly is from hers, and it fits so perfectly. Like it, and the belly shake. It's a milkshake IPA. We were trying to come up with names, and as our team was kind of spitting things around, belly shake came out, and it was like, it, nothing else matters. That's the perfect name was born right there.
0: Yeah. So this beer. Um People who are listening are going to listen to this kind of like after the beer has been released because it's been released yesterday. Yeah. But hopefully before the calendar comes out on September fourteenth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a it's a really fun can with lots of sparkles and amazing illustrations on it. And I'm lactose intolerant, so I smelled it, didn't taste <laughs> it yesterday. <laughs> um, but it smelled great. So did you have it?
3: I did have it. It was my first time. See, I was I was out of province for a couple of weeks. I was in Ottawa for two weeks. So my opportunity to go in early and have, like, a sneak peek just wasn't there. I got home late Monday night, so my first time having it was yesterday. Um, I'd seen the artwork and I had it. I'm like, this is delicious. And, like, I... Um, like IPAs, like I'm okay with them usually, but this milkshake one, even like the description was like I don't, I couldn't even understand. My brain couldn't process all these amazing elements and ingredients in There's there.
0: There's a lot of flavors. I had Christina like really break it down for me. I'm like, what did you put in this? <laughs> so
3: the, the the really interesting thing about this one is like I don't have a sense of smell, so like it actually really limits like how I taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can taste, so I don't normally hear like. T- uh, I don't normally experience all these nuances of beer that like a lot of other people do. But when you taste this one, you can actually feel each layer. It's like, oh, here's that citrus, here's that that, that key lime sort of that tartness initially. And then the sweetness kind of comes in after and it's like, what an experience. It's like this flavor roller coaster you're going through.
0: <laughs> That's what I love about craft beer yeah. and why I guess like I like to talk about it on the radio is it's a flavor roller coaster. <laughs> That's like the ideal.
3: Um, What's even happening right now?
0: (laughs) So I was hoping you could share kind of like the story of the Murbys and how uh, that started out of the Beard and Mustache Club.
3: So um, I guess I'll just do this in reverse order, like a little bit of context about the Beard and Mustache Club. So that was formed um, in January of 2017. So facial hair clubs, beard and mustache clubs are not new. They're certainly new to Newfoundland and Labrador, but like throughout North America and around the world, they exist. And they they usually do a couple things. Like part of it is related to facial hair. Uh, and like you know, people growing them and having like competitions and stuff like that. But it's just like a hook that brings people together. I mean, you could have, like, as I joke, you could have like a cool sweaters club or a kind eyes club. It's like something that brings people together. More often than not, what these clubs do is that they, when they organize these these competitions of like, there's various beard styles and mustache styles. At the end of the day, they're raising money for lo- local charities. And in recent years, um, and I can't quote exactly how many years. A surprising number of these are incredibly inclusive and progressive clubs. So there's, on one end of the spectrum, the very hyper-masculine, like a real man, using air quotes, looks like this, and like it's just a bunch of hyper-masculine folks. But that's um, by far the minority of these groups. Most of them are very progressive. They're, they're committed to community work, volunteering, and the facial hair piece. I mean, I like having a beard. I have no emotional connection to it. It's just hair. Um, but if I can leverage that thing, I mean, beards are kind of in society. And culturally, if we can leverage that for some social good and some notoriety, great. So the the club was formed because I had recently moved back to Newfoundland, Labrador. I didn't really have much of a social connect or group at the time, and I had been part of one in Saskatchewan where I lived before. And I figured, well, let me just throw this together and see if you know get a couple buys together and you know do some good work and have some fun. And so over the series of about six months or so, we did some community events and, and did some stuff. And uh, then fast forward to like August of 2017. So like you know the the club is like you know. 10 people strong Like we're not a big Group by any stretch And a friend of mine On Facebook uh, a, f- a friend of mine On Facebook Shared A photo of this uh, Was You know those do to our photos Of like you know the, uh, Men Men um, yeah,
0: it's like the boudoir. The
3: boudoir, but like this whole doudoir thing where like men are doing these sort of the like seductive poses and what have you there. And they were they were they were gaining a lot of popularity. So uh she shared with me this photo of this bearded this big burly bearded guy dressed like a merman, so shirt off, on a beach, just like his hands coiled or his his chin resting coyly in his hands. Uh and she's like Hasan, you should do something like with this or like this and what that was, it was kind of open-ended. Um, and so I had an idea of like, you know, these dude to our photos are, are gaining popularity. Maybe I'll get some people together and do like a, a fun photo shoot or something like that. Um, and really for no commercial purpose, just like, you know, maybe we'll raise some money for charity, have something fun, um, turn some heads. And, and the whole idea we talked about earlier about like, you know, gender norms and uh, and what masculinity can look like, maybe we'll poke holes in that. There was so much interest when I put an open call on Facebook that like hundreds of people were responding, saying I'm in. They were like from like around Canada, not even just locally. I'm like, okay, there's some interest. Let's I'll call a meeting. So at the Kitty Vitty Village Plantation, like two weeks later, this is early September, I had a meeting with like 30 people. I, I didn't know most of them. Like, hey, like who knows how to sew? And some people put up their hands. Who knows how to take pictures? And some other people put up hands. I'm like, maybe we'll do a calendar. This is literally how how much planning and thought went into it couple weeks later, we did our first photo shoot in the month of October. We did 12 photo shoots, uh, like weekends basically, like some days two shoots, some weekends four shoots total. And then by the end of October, we had a calendar and uh, we figured, hey, maybe we'll sell a, a few hundred, raise a you know, couple dollars for charity. And actually what happened was BuzzFeed picked it up and it just went nuts. Yeah,
0: I remember it like really blew up. So <laughs> something I know that it'll be for sale like shortly, but because I'm impatient, I really want to know, like, is there anything different? Did you guys kind of take it in a different direction this year? Or did you have a theme or anything like that?
3: So there is. So it's interesting. So this is their third calendar. Uh, and, like, on one hand, you always kind of want to do, how can we make it bigger and better? And what we actually did was we went back to the first calendar as, uh, in the sense that in that one, it was more about, you know, the, the models, the stories, the expressions. Like, when you look at a picture and it should tell its story, uh, it should tell a story. It's compelling on its own, and so what we really focused on, we ha- we ha- spent a lot of thought and uh, spent a lot of time uh, thinking about how we can build stories on, in each photo, have it be a standalone thing. So it's not like all twelve months are thematically linked, other than there's there's buys and tales. Um, but we're really focused on that. It's like you know, really engaging, having the model connect with the photographer. Um, having like a joyful experience like being less stressed about getting the perfect shot mm-hmm. than having a joyous comfortable shoot because what happens is people like if you've seen the calendar at all you'll you'll get what i'm talking about you can feel the emotion the energy coming off the pages like there's joy in, on the faces there's excitement there's people are having fun and we just wanted to double down to that so we didn't travel as far out uh, like we stayed mostly within the Avalon with a little bit of travel outside. Uh, but we we spent more time and resources on on higher end tails and we engaged local crafters to make a lot of the tales. all the tales were made locally. Uh, and it's it's just phenomenal. Like everything was linked like the 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 model themselves, the tail was linked to the theme, and it was all like you can just see that there's something going on in each one that's unique and interesting.
0: That's awesome. And I also love how you uh, on each page, too, you guys have like a little quote from like some of the models uh, just just talking about like what is a Mervi to them or like why they wanted to participate. Um, And so I also want to talk a bit about this year. Uh, who are you guys raising money for?
3: So um, this year we, so every year, like year two and now year three, we actually put out an open application for, or, uh, uh, for local charities to apply. And so we had, I don't know, 60, 70 applicants here, but we actually opted to go with three different charities. So the, the primary, primary recipient is Planned Parenthood, uh, Newfoundland Labrador Sexual Health Center. I think I'm saying the acronym yep. right. Yes, um, and so they're getting the, the lion's share of the money, but we also um, set aside a small two smaller community grants. So it's a finite amount of money. It's twenty five hundred dollars each, which will go each to Home Again Furniture Bank, which is like a food bank except they deal with gently used furniture and redistribute it to people in need who are like maybe being helped by other agencies, uh, and to like you know they might be coming out of a shelter or coming out of you know entering Newfoundland housing and. And need to furnish a home with the bare necessities and so they will get this this is like you pay for fuel for their truck for a year which picks up the and delivers the furniture and also the spca in st john's uh and specifically a program they have which helps people who are fleeing domestic abuse situations who often won't leave because they have pets uh and they don't they can't find a home for them so it's a foster program to help people in those situations just get themselves to safety, make sure that their pets are taken care of. So it's food for that program for effectively a year.
0: Wow. Yeah.
3: That's awesome. So there's a lot of love to go around.
0: Yeah, it seemed to me, uh, like, because this is the second year that you guys are doing a collaboration with a Craft Brewery, a local craft brewery. So it seemed to me such like a a natural fit for that, because to Mm. me, the craft beer community is so much about giving back and really being involved, and that's kind of... At the center of the, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, like the the beard and mustache club, like the facial hair part is awesome, but really the heart of it is about uh, helping the community and being involved. And I see that a lot in craft beer too, which is I think why I love being part of that community as well. The
3: craft beer community, as like I'm a relative new entrant to, like I mean I work at a brewery, but like like in, as you know in Newfoundland Labrador it's a relatively new wave of, of breweries have been popping up uh and it's phenomenal like the people are super community-minded focused I mean everything is really local there's a great connection between the breweries as well which you wouldn't see in, in many other industries and businesses uh and it was an, it was a natural partnership I mean last year we had a great uh partnership with Kitty Vitty and you know uh they were great to us we made an exceptional beer had a lot of a lot of fun throughout the whole campaign and we're doing it again with Landwash. and you know they Chris and Christina are are Deadly people early on, even before they opened, they're like, Hey, we'd love to work with you. Like before they'd open the doors to their brewery. And so as we rolled around to like the calendar launch, uh, you know, being produced, I started talking to them and they're like, absolutely. We're all in like, just like let's bounce ideas around. And it was a great collaboration. They didn't come in with any ego at all. No one has. It's always great. Uh, And I love, I will advocate to the end of days, craft breweries. It's like, it's a whole ecosystem of goodness and wholesomeness.
0: Yeah. And like you were saying, I've definitely found not even just like a a welcoming to bring people onto the brew floor, which is so cool in an industry um, that you can like hands on get to experience that and like be part of producing a, a product and come away with something like that. It's really fun
3: it, it's super accessible like it's it's a part of your community as opposed to like a satellite operation of this like faceless national or multinational giant um, and that's what we you't know, craft brew like the, these are people who live in our community who are, are employing people in our community, all the money's going in there and the accessibility like everything is produced on site there and when you can actually like have a tour or even just you show up and you know you become friends with the owners they say come on let's 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 walk around and see where the beer is made
0: yeah. That's awesome. So I want to, before we end, I kind of want to pick your brain too, because you are super involved in um, a lot of different uh, community activism. Um, I don't know if you want to share some of the other things that you work on as well. Aside from this, uh, you ran for public office. I did. And that was a
3: thing. Uh, what was the
0: Elf on the Shelf?
3: The The Dark Elf on the Shelf, actually. Dark the, Elf on the, the Shelf. The Elf on the Shelf is trademarked, so I couldn't take that one. No, I'm just kidding. That's a <laughs> so a couple years ago, for fun, I decided around Christmas time to dress up. Like, I, Of course, everyone knows about the Elf on the Shelf. And like people can't see me, but I'm a big, voluptuous fellow here. Uh, and I decided to dress up like an elf myself and go around to local businesses. Uh, and in exchange for a donation to the uh, uh, food bank, uh, I would actually just posed like the elf on a shelf. So like, shelf so like dead eyes and everything and really still pose and like part of it was just uh, just they're fun photos you look at it there and it's great fun but as it's built year over year i, I think it's about seven or eight thousand dollars i've raised for local food banks between wow. the community food sharing association and bridges to hope as well um i'll be doing it now for i think the third year uh third or fourth year okay i'm losing track now since 2016 i've been doing it so i'll be doing it again this christmas um it, you know, people literally book me. I start getting messages around September asking, are you still doing that thing? Uh, it's a great bit of fun. I go out. So it's part of this group I form called Project Kindness, which is just, like, it's not an organization as such. It's just a loose collection. It's an idea that people are ultimately good and, you know, pe- uh, communities are stronger when people work together and, you know, you know, we can just do good things to help others. So it's it, that's really broad. doesn't really mean a lot to a lot of people. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go out, do some fun things, but I'm... but if people see that I, just one guy doing some stuff, can have an impact, maybe they will be inspired to do their own thing or they'll reach out to me and, I, and maybe I can help them you know, build their platform and do their own thing. There's no ego involved. I don't want I don't need to have my name attached to these things. If you want to come forward or someone wants to come forward, say, hey, I have an idea to help others. Like, my name never needs to be associated with that. But how can I help you? Can I help you build a framework to do it? Because the more people doing these things, the more people who are inspired by it. So we can just, it grows exponentially.
0: And I know we've kind of uh, like gone off track from the Murbis a little bit, but um, I think that, like you're saying, all these projects, it seems like people have so much fun doing them, and, like, really uh, the focus is, like, connecting with other people and giving back, but I know sometimes it can be hard to just, like, get yourself out the door if you've never volunteered before, you've, like, never done anything like that, so do you have any advice for people who, like, want to get involved but maybe haven't done it before
3: it's so valid so like a couple years ago I was a guy like I was like most people I didn't I didn't volunteer at all I wasn't that it was selfish I didn't care but it started with I just looked for an opportunity in the community at the time there was a Facebook group I think I looked at who was like helping out like handing you know distributing food to the poor uh, or you know people who in need and I just said hey can I show up and help so you don't have to invent an idea. Look for an opportunity. Like literally, look up a local. Like if you're passionate about a certain area, about you know helping animals, helping you know seniors, or whatever it is, uh, just do the easiest. Like do one thing. If you want to start even before you formally volunteer, you know help a friend, help a family member, help a coworker. Like do something, do something for someone else. You know dedicate five minutes of your week or of your month. It's five minutes more than you did the previous month, and that has had an impact. So start as small as you're comfortable with. And just build from there, and like not everyone's like what I'm doing isn't for everyone else. Other people are doing a hundred times more than I ever will. It's not. A, it's not a contest. Just if you do something for someone else, the world's a little bit better than how you found it.
0: And I think the world is better now that we have Mirbis. <laughs>
3: yeah. Personally,
0: I believe that. So uh, I just want to end by saying, uh, if people want to get the calendar. Um, where can they get
3: that? Uh, best bet is to visit our website right now. So nlbmc so Newfoundland Labrador Beard and Mustache Club.com. They can order it online starting September fourteenth. You'll be able to. There'll be a bunch of local retailers. Those will be listed um, on our website as well. And we, of course, have our launch event on the 14th as well. So come out to us, uh, see us at the Annex next to Admiralty House in Mount Pearl, and Mirby's and calendars will be on site.
0: Awesome. And for everyone listening, I'm going to link the Newfoundland Beard and Mustache Club website in this episode so that you can go online and get your Mirby's calendar. All right. Thank you.
3: Deadly. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks for listening to the Newfoundland Beer Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Dignam. You can find the podcast online at NewfoundlandBeerPodcast.podbean.com, or on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as Newfoundland Beer Podcast. I'm also on Instagram as NL Beer Podcast. Thanks for listening.